welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so others can find the show too. My guests today are Anna Buto and Anna Carroll. Anna Buto is from Whitman College, where she is a biochemistry, biophysics, and molecular biology major. And Anna Carroll is from Eastern Washington University, where she is an environmental biology major. My two guests participated in the USDA-funded Research and Extension Experiences for Undergraduate program this past summer. The program aims, aims to expose students from WSU and other universities to different career paths in agriculture and provide them with the skills for advancing their career paths. Hello, Anna Buto. Hi. And hello, Anna Carroll. Hello. So um, can you take a, a minute to just tell our listeners about yourselves and what brought you to the Wheat Beat podcast today? All right. Well, uh, my name is Anna Buto. I'm from Whitman College, as you've heard. Um, my partner is Sunny, who isn't here, and Anna Carroll, who is with me here today. Uh, we're part of the REU, and I joined because I was really interested in genetic research, and I wanted to learn more about academia, hopefully being a part of research like this one day. Yeah, and uh, I joined this program because I'm very interested in plants and sustainable agriculture and wanted to get some hands-on experience in research, and it's definitely been a great program for that. Okay, good. Yeah, I, um, I think a lot of people don't realize all the science that goes into agriculture these yeah. days, so hopefully it opened your eyes there a little bit. So uh, well, I guess you, maybe you've explained it a little bit, but why, why did each of you join the, the REEU program? I joined mostly because, uh, well, as you heard, I wanted research experience so I could maybe move forward in academia, and um, this was a great opportunity. Yeah, and for me, it was just kind of getting my hands on um, being able to work with plants, get some experience in the field of sustainable agriculture while I'm still an undergrad to kind of um, confirm that that was the direction I wanted to go in, and also just to get some experience under my belt. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, one of you is from Whitman College, one from Eastern Washington. How did you learn about the program? My uh, school has a Canvas. Um, that's the like online learning platform, and there's a group for people within my major, and they send out announcements okay. about different programs, scholarships, all kinds of programs and uh, classes, uh, all kinds of information like that, and they sent out a an advertisement. For it. Okay. And I also and learned about it through my major. Um, yeah, my advisor was really great about giving me some information about this opportunity. Okay, very good. So why don't you each talk a little bit about what you're you're working on? Are you work are you working on the same thing or different things? Different things. Okay. Um, well, I am working with Penny Cress, um, also known known as Lapsi Arvense. And essentially, we are studying how the knockout using CRISPR-Cas9 of several different genes in different transgenic lines are going to affect the vegetative lipid content in order to study how um, 
the overall lipid concentration can be used for things like biofuels or other commercially, um, I guess, profitable um, cover crops. Okay. And you? Uh, I am looking at uh, alpha amylase expression in germination in wheat seeds. So alpha amylase is what breaks down the starch in the wheat seed or the wheat grain, which causes um, some quality issues in the final product if that happens prior to harvest. So my uh, project is looking at whether that um, is directly tied to like visible germination, so the emergence of the primary root, or if it's uh, happening on kind of a separate timeline. Okay. This work have anything to do with uh, drought, drought resilience components? What what are the components of drought resilience? I don't think either of our specific projects uh, in our labs are to do with drought resilience, but we also through the extension program have been doing okay. research into um, drought resilience and um, the components of it, the um, just different aspects of it. So some primary components of drought resilience are the climate conditions, uh, management practices, which includes reduced tillage, integrated grazing, cover crops. Mostly it comes down to increasing soil organic matter to increase the soil's capacity to hold water. Uh, there's a great summary report that the WSDA released um, to the Drought Resilience Survey from the 2021 drought, and that had a lot of great information for us on which practices have the most impact on getting crops through drought. Uh, we've also been interested in learning about how the plant itself responds to stress, and um, Anna has very specifically been looking into um, the oxen hormone signaling aspects of this. So she's going to tell us a lot about that in just a moment. Um, but we're seeing how those biochemical pathways contribute to growth and maintenance of plants in low water climates. Okay. So in addition to the research you're doing, you're also brushing up on some of the extension type information as yes. well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've been participating in some of the field days and, um, getting to talk to farmers and uh, do some separate research. Okay. Broad, broad area of uh, exposure to different aspects of agriculture. Yeah, and what, very uh, much. And what the Land Grant University does. So, um, <clears throat> Anna, tell us a little bit about the, the role that auxins play in plants. Uh, well, auxin is just one of many types of plant hormones. However, it is probably one of the most well-known. Um, it functions differently in wheat and other crops, but it's an important type of hormone um, in central signaling. So it impacts many processes, including growth and reproduction, which, as we know, is very important for crop yield. <laughs> but um, essentially, they signal the plant to grow their shoots towards the light and promote root growth, um, circulating photosynthates and other nutrients to parts that don't photosynthesize themselves, like the roots. Um, this is really important in how they reach water um, in their underground systems. And um, that's obviously a big part of how they take up water, especially on, in stressful con conditions like um, physical stress or drought. Um, the only natural occurring auxin in plants is called indole-3-acetic acid, which is a fun little molecule with a lot of functional groups. <laughs> um, but it has a fascinatingly widespread reach on several different plant biochemical pathways um, with a lot of downstream effects in different signaling, signaling cascades, which can kind of affect the, whole, the plant as a whole 
in a ubiquitous cascade of different systems. Um, the functional basis of this molecule um, is used commercially for a lot of pesticides. Um, in I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of different broadleaf herbicides that many people would use on their farms in order to control um, weeds in their wheat fields. Um, essentially, the signaling premise is telling the plants to grow themselves to death. Um, it's specific genetically, since it also has a lot of impacts on different transcription factors. Um, so under understanding the communication pathways in these different transport mechanisms and protein sequences is really important in how we can um, learn to design different crops in order to increase yield and control different field variables. Okay, so how does auxin affect the magnitude of drought resistance? You talked about root development and some other things, but... Um, what else can it do to help make our plants more drought tolerant, particularly in our lower rainfall regions? Uh, yeah, um, there's a lot, not a lot of rainfall in eastern Washington, but auxin itself um, in the plant cells during physical damage can help repair them. Um, the increased hormone concentration uh, indu induces this in whatever damaged cells there are, um, for example, in wheat spikes. Uh, different kinds of damage can affect crops, including the drought, but the auxin signaling also has a major effect on the transcriptional pathways, which is kind of the key in um, drought stress. For example, these transcription factors can um, are encoded to uh, translate and transcribe the different enzymes mediating and inhibiting reactive oxygen species. Now, reactive oxygen species is essentially very dangerous for the cell, and it can cause root degradation, um, among other things. And it's also known to be a big role in how wheat gets infected by um, different, I, I guess, parasitic species that would kill the plant. So using these enzymes, you can reduce oxidative stress in the growing crop and um, increase membrane integrity and osmotic balance in plants, which essentially allows it to retain more water. Um, this will increase overall yield, um, reduce uh, any crop loss, and so in short, oxen accumulation can help with water retention and maintenance of crop health and low rainfall, and especially in non-irrigating farming systems, which makes up most of eastern Washington. Um, it's particularly useful, especially when we're only getting 7 to 22 inches a year, and in the last few years, only 7 to 9. Yes, it has, been a, it has been a dry year this year, hasn't it? Um, so in, in terms of the water retention, how does auxin signaling help in low water regions? So plants use two central hormone transport systems, including polar and nonpolar transport. Um, they're very simple despite, you know, how they may be named. But polar transport is essentially hormone transportation in a specific direction towards the perischematic cells. Now these cells, they're just found towards the straw, and they serve in water transport in storage in the plant since they have a very thin and permeable membrane, so water and other nutrients can be passed back and forth very easily. Um, this is really beneficial, and it's kind of the main one, um, to how water is stored in the plant, um, and it's activated through auxin accumulation, so increased signaling means increased uh, water retention. Nonpolar transport works through the phlegm, which is the uh, vascular pathway moving photosynthates and hormones in the root cells. So essentially whatever isn't going to photosynthesize, what is underground and is what is going to uptake water, 
Um, this is basically how the plan is telling itself to do that. What measures could be taken to help uh, drought resilience in wheat, uh, supported by these hormone signaling systems? Reducing plant stress is definitely a big one. Wheat experiences stress due to drought or cold. Oxen response factors in these stressed plants, that's going to um, arrest the growth of the root. Um, it's going to decrease the lateral root formation, and it will rapidly redirect the root away from stress. This means that um, the nutrients are going to be redirected and yield is going to be reduced. The WSDA has shown the best farming practices to increase yield and to reduce plant stress are going to be your reduced-till, no-till systems, as well as increasing that soil organic matter. Reduced or no-till farming systems have been shown to increase overall yield by 46.8% and to increase soil moisture by 71.5%. Incorporating a reduced or no-till system is going to naturally increase the soil organic matter, and that is going to increase the soil moisture. Soil organic matter has the potential to hold um, up to 20 times its weight in moisture, which definitely benefits crop growth and can reduce the need for pesticides and fertilizers by creating a healthy uh, microbiome. More methods to achieve this are going to be cover cropping with nitrogen fixers like legumes, uh, cattle integration to increase soil organic matter, and therefore water retention. Overall, drought resilience in Washington state can be boiled down to a few key factors, many of which are implemented simply through more thoughtful farming practices. The best is a no-till method, as well as increasing soil organic matter and integrating cattle. Knowledge on how this helps biochemically is a great way to innovate those new strategies as well. Okay, so where, where, where can people go to learn more about drought resilience? Um, there's a lot of great resources, and I would really encourage people to go to the WSU WASHI blog. Um, that's where you can find a lot of things that are especially applicable to eastern Washington. Um, there's also a lot of great resources at, like agriculture.gov and the WSDA Drought Resilience Survey. Okay, and we'll, we'll try to put those links into the show notes so people can go find them if they would like. Anything else you want to tell us about your, your research or your extension work this summer? There's a lot of great things to see in eastern Washington. Um, hopefully we get a little bit more rain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, variability that makes agriculture in this part of the world very interesting because we go from seven inches of rain in the Horse Heaven Hills to 22, 23 here in a, in, on an average year. Mm -hmm. um, so anyhow, I'm glad you had a great experience with the REEU program. I hope other students will look into it in future years. And thank you for sharing a little bit about what you learned with us today. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear in future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. 
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.